Welcome to today's special exclusive podcast with Pinoy Gibson of the Heart Dive Podcast. And I'm going to be your special little host today while we ask her all the cool questions that y'all gave us in the comments below. I'm so excited to share this episode with y'all and interview my new bestie, Kanoi. Welcome to the your podcast. Heart Dive. And I love the y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we need more of that in my life. <laughs> oh, I'm keeping it real. I'm a good old Southern girl. I, I've been dubbed the mom of five in the group now. I don't have a name anymore. So, but yeah, we're on the Heart Dive podcast and we're going to be asking you all the questions that people have been compiling over 2023 and I thought it'd be a really cool way to reintroduce you all over to a brand new crowd and I guess a brand new audience like I'm excited to dive into all these questions I'm not I'm a little nervous <laughs> <laughs> I for the most part it looks about 80 percent bible study related 20 percent okay. who are you Kanoi <laughs> ah, okay. I don't know which one is more scary, but we'll let's go. <laughs> All right. We're going to dive right in, y'all. All right, Kanoi, question number one. This comes from someone in your Facebook group, and this is what they wrote. Personal testimonies are powerful. You seem to be a gal made of different layers of challenging life experiences all having profound spiritual ramifications in your personal salvation journey. I would love to hear about finding and embracing the answer. God is so patient and so good. I wow. Yeah, I think that's... We're going to be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> I always say I have like 127 testimonies. For me, I was introduced to the faith at a very young age. And it was my grandmother who I only met when I was five years old. She only, she only lived about six months after I met her. Uh, died of cancer, but I specifically remember my earliest memories with her was sitting on her bed, listening to her read Bible stories to me and my cousins, and we would fight over being able to get up on the bed and who's going to sit next to her. And I truly believe that it was her prayers for her grandchildren that really allowed me to come to the faith and so many of my cousins. And so uh, after that, you know, my cousins and I started attending church with my auntie. So my parents weren't actually the ones who were guiding us spiritually. It was people on the outside. And uh, that just kind of continued throughout my life. My sister became a Christian. She was a lot older than me. And that helped to guide me. But speaking of the life experiences, uh, you know, at a very young age, I experienced a lot of trauma. My parents were in a pretty, I would say, violent relationship. Uh, love my daddy, you know, but there were a lot of things that I witnessed as a child that probably could have shaped me in a very different way if I didn't have Christ in my life. And, you know, I watched him try to take his life a couple of times, Um pulling a knife on my mom. And, you know, I was tossed back and forth as a child between my parents, my mom living in Hawaii, my dad living in Missouri. And so there was always kind of that feeling of abandonment, like I wasn't wanted. And it was never the case. It was just my parents trying to do the best that they could, you know, with what they had. And so um, I think that was one of the biggest things was feeling alone and feeling neglected and having to be able to find that foundation in God. And there was just something so profound 
where I was able to experience that in such a personal way. Like I always felt his presence even before I became a Christian. And so that was at a young age. Um, and there were other things that I'm not quite ready to talk about in my family life that I experienced, but I will say that it definitely made me have a very warped image of love and just the things that I saw as a child. And so that was something that I really had to overcome. Um, I'm nervous talking about it just because it leads into other parts of my testimony that, again, I'm not ready to quite talk about yet. But I went through a lot of relationships and things I'm not proud of, you know, in my early, my teen years, my early 20s. And I had to really find love in Christ. And it wasn't really until well into my marriage that I finally got it. And so that was when I really grasped on to God and did not let go. And I've always been a Christian. I mean, I've been a Christian since I was a little girl, but it's just that moment, you know, that you experience that tangible grace. Uh, and it was from my husband that I that I experienced that love and that true grace of God. And it was through a very hard time that we went through where, you know, I I let him down and he literally washed my feet. You know, when I when I did come to him and say, hey, you know, I have to tell you something. And um it took some time to get through it together, but he actually physically washed my feet and danced with me for the first time and held me like he had never held me before. And that is when I felt the true love of God. It was from him. And it was from that moment on that I said, I'm never looking back ever again, you know? So um, there were a lot of other things that I went through, but I think that that was probably the most profound moment in my life where I was like, I can't go backwards, you know? And and that is where my spiritual journey kind of began. And, and it wasn't that long ago. It was probably about maybe six years ago. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't, I know I didn't give too much detail, but. Oh, well, you uh, gave enough that anyone could find themselves in it. And that I, hopefully Cheryl got a beautiful answer from your answer because you touched on so many beautiful pieces. I know I'm saying beautiful over and over because I think it's a beautiful metaphor of the biblical ver you know, story of the woman washing Jesus' feet mm -hmm. and then him constantly kneeling down and washing the feet of his disciples. Like it's just constant grace and mercy. And I think you shared a piece of you that people are going to resonate with. And that the answer was Christ, but there's spiritual disciplines that we have to learn, truths that it took you a while to learn, even though a seed was planted with your grandmother. Yeah. So if anyone's listening, I hope they realize that this Bible study could just be a seed. Mm -hmm. And that perhaps, like you said, six years of growth can happen, but it all looks different for everyone. And so if you're experiencing trauma or loneliness or not quite understanding how to stop running from, you know, stop turning around and looking at your past, you know, it's continual. Like she said, what she said, layers, layers of challenging life experiences. Like 
seriously, you just gave us layers on layers on layers. Yeah. And there's plenty of more of those. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So excuse me while I get tissue. <laughs> Sniffles. <laughs> what you touched on specifically, I want to go over here to some other questions because I think it said ways you know, moves over, transitions well to some of these questions that a lot of people had about Bible study and their children. Mm. So uh, here it is. Javier underscore F2B. Thank you for your question. How do you feel about children turning to Christ and being baptized at a young age when they haven't gone through life yet? And then in parentheses, I don't feel like there's nothing wrong, just want your side. And is faith different as an adult? And do you understand Jesus more? By the way, I love your videos and appreciate everything you do to spread the word. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. I am pretty passionate about baptism. We've been talking a lot about it in our Bible study. And what I have learned you know, through our own studying is the importance of baptism. You know, Jesus actually commanded us to be baptized. It isn't something we have to do in order to be saved, where some people do believe that. And therefore, there are some people who will baptize their children, baptize their babies, because they are worried that if they don't, that if they should die, you know, they won't go to heaven. And we simply know that that is not the case, that you do not have to be baptized. And we know that because of the thief on the cross when he wasn't baptized and then he actually repented and Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. But with that said, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with people baptizing their children. That's an act of faith on their part to dedicate their children to the Lord. And I think that that is important too, because that's also a biblical principle is to dedicate your children. And just doing that is declaring that I know this child is not mine. They have been given to me by the Lord as a gift to care for, and therefore I will dedicate them you know, back to him. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with the baptism, but I don't think that it is necessary. And then to fast forward a little bit, every case is going to be different. You know, to say that someone has to go through life, well, what does that mean? You know, I, I could have been 10 years old and having gone through all the trauma I went through, and I believe it was 10 years old when I got baptized for the first time. And it was life-changing for me. I mean, I did declare my faith very young. And I got baptized several times after that as well because I went through more life, you know? So I don't think there's anything uh, wrong. I do believe that people should be of an age where they understand their faith before they make that decision to be baptized. I think it should be a personal decision because that is when you're declaring your faith you know, and saying, hey, you know what? I live my life for Christ now. So again, I think it goes back to that first question of multi-layers and saying it's, it's not wrong, but in, let encourage it, embrace it, yeah. and continue to guide your child. So it's not one and done. If you get baptized at 10, well, let's continue to get get in God's word, continue the, the sanctification after, because perhaps you might be baptized again later on as you go through right. new trials and new traumas. And um Thank you. I, um, hopefully Javier got his answer to that one. So here's another question about Bible study and children. And this one comes from Stephanie Lucking, 1117. Can you recommend a children's Bible that you like? Um, ages five to seven, specifically. I'm wanting to add the stories and the Lord into our everyday. 
Thank you for doing the 365. You've helped me understand, one, how to read the Bible, and two, how to understand it. So one of the Bibles that I recommend for children at a very young age, like preschool age, kindergarten, first grade, would be the Beginner's Bible. It's a pretty easy to read. It's got beautiful pictures, beautiful illustrations. And I know my children love that Bible. I still have two of them on my shelf from my my children's preschool. And then moving on from there, for anybody who might be interested, there's also the Action Bible, which is kind of like a comic book style Bible that I know, you know, a little bit older children might also enjoy. So those are two that I would definitely recommend. But I feel like you can't really go too wrong with some of the children's Bibles. I mean, just making sure that it is indeed a Bible itself, because there are some that are more condensed and just have Bible stories. So just making sure that it is a children's Bible and that it goes through the entire Bible. Mm -hmm. I love that. And as a mom of five, I, can I piggyback on some stuff I just I was going to say, Holly's probably better to answer this than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you're listening and you're wondering, go Google the Beginner's Bible timeless children's stories it's actually free on kindle unlimited so if you want oh. to get it on your kindle and like use the kindle at night um so that one is very very beginner friendly tons mm -hmm. of like i would say four or five and i have a five-year-old this one's for him and then once they graduate like seven or eight this is the other one i think you and i were talking about the jesus storybook bible mm -hmm. and what's really beautiful about it is it kind of follows what you're doing with the 365 the bible is laid out it says very in the very beginning this is the story like in the whole bible is stories from the bible like but written as a narrative as one so it's right. called the jesus storybook bible and um i had i was gifted that that's my my eight-year-olds watch so there you go children uh, and can we just talk about the fact that it is good for adults to also read children's Bibles. I feel like <laughs> sometimes I like to just go back to the children's Bible to see the heart of God, you know, in yeah. such a childlike way, because he tells us to come as children, right? And to have that childlike faith. So if you start to feel like you're in a little bit of a funk, <laughs> go read a children's Bible. I feel like that could be very uplifting. Oh, most definitely. And and specifically this Jesus storybook Bible at the end of every chapter, quote unquote chapter, it says it prepares the children for the prophecy of Jesus being born. It's preparing them. Every story is preparing them for Jesus. And so then when Jesus is born, they say, this is the answer. And so, wow. and it's illustrated, absolutely beautiful. And if you're on the podcast listening, make sure you look at the notes below, um, Apple, Spotify, there will be notes and there's hyperlinks. So I'll hyperlink to this. And while we're on the subject of children, uh, I just feel like, Sometimes we get a little bit scared as parents to talk to our children about the Bible. One, because we know that they're going to ask the questions, the hard questions, right? Things that don't make sense. And two, because we think we don't know enough. But I always say, talk to them anyway. I mean, even if it seems like they're not listening, because you never know. Again, it's those seeds that are planted. I don't remember which stories my grandma read to me. I just remember that she did yeah. and that I felt the love of God and the power of God in those moments. And so oh. never take that for granted. It's not about the knowledge. It's just about that time of love and grace and fellowship and just showing them the love of the Father. 100% agree. My great grandmother 
was old and couldn't walk around, but she said, hand me my Bible. And I was like, oh, okay, here you go. She put it in her lap. I can't even tell you how old I was. It was super young. And she looked me dead in my eyes. And this is the only conversation I remember. And she goes, this is the only thing that matters. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, read it every day. And I'm like, okay, and I'm going to cry. Like, it yeah. reminds me of the verses of Lois, you know, um, how they passed the faith down. So seeds can be planted. Um, so don't overthink it. Get a Bible that works, yeah. children will listen to, and then talk about it all the time. My kids know. I'm like, what is one thing that you know about me? And they're like, you love Jesus. Yeah, yes, I do. That that's all. I, that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, that's the legacy you want to leave is that faith. Exactly. All right. So <laughs> if we will talk all day. So we're going to move on. <laughs> yeah. This is great. The passionate. The mama bear stuff. I know. Right. I'm like, Ooh, babies. All right. Let's jump around. All right. Do you have a ooh, top five list of extra resources that you use for Bible study preparation? I want to give her credit. Bible treasures and reviews. Okay. Well, top five, it depends when you're asking me, but if you're asking me right now in this moment, uh, the ones that I'm using are the New King James Version Study Bible. So that is the first one that I'll look at. Um, and then I also go into the John Corson commentary because he has a lot of life application and he makes it really fun, very understandable. And that is how I get like an overview picture of what is going on. And then I go into the Enduring Word commentary, and I'm flipping back and forth now between Enduring Word, because by the way, that is free online, EnduringWord.com. We'll, we'll link that below as well. And um, I go back and forth between that and the Life Application Bible commentary, which I actually just started using this again. I've had this for probably 15, 20 years now. It's a whole set of application. And I believe these are all of the footnotes that are in the Life Application Bible. There may be more in the, in this series, but this is one that I'm using as well. And this helps me to kind of get my ideas behind shaping the heart checks because, again, it's that life application part, right, which is probably the more important part of reading the word. It's, yeah, it's great to understand and know what's happening, but more so what is God speaking to me through the word? I think that oh. was only four. Yeah, it was four. <laughs> okay. All right. Four, fifth one four is, is good. fun. What's the fifth one that's fun? Like special highlighters or something. She said resources. Oh, okay. Resources. So we're not just talking scholarly stuff. All right. Well, so I love my highlighters. Uh, these are the Ritech or Ritech. These are the retractable highlighters. These are my favorite. They don't bleed through. I love post-it notes. I love little notepads and washi tape. And uh, my favorite pens are the Intergel RTX pens, Mr. Pen. So I have lots of fun things that I love to use in my Bible. Lots of color. Notes and hues is what uh, my former name was. So if anyone's listening and they're brand new, that's what it was when she started it. January 2023. Yeah, so, notes and hues. Bible treasures and reviews. Thank you very much. Hopefully you got some answers. And you know what? I think this should go on a resource page. Oh, yes. On the website. So if I you're agree. listening, we're going to have a resource page and we'll have everything. So we'll have a scholarly section and a fun section. I think that will really help people just visually see like what you're using on the regular. And then if maybe we can even like show some pictures of it in action. All right. My question is, this is from K, K Mast Clinic 2171. 
My question is, I would love to deepen my prayer life. If you're able, speak on this, please, Kanoi. Ooh, deepen your prayer life. Well, there are two different ways of looking at prayer. One is, if you look at it biblically, there were so many prayers that were modeled to us. So if you take the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, you know, the, the, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And that's why I say that prayer a lot. I use that one a lot to try to get it into people's hearts. And it isn't just for the sake of memorization. You know, we memorize that as kids, if you grew up in church. Um, but it's, it's not just the memorization part, but it's just getting that into your spirit and understanding what it means. And so I'll usually branch off of that and there were also, um, you know, prayers that were modeled of like praise and thanksgiving. And so I always look at the, the what did they call that? An acronym? Pray, P-R-A-Y, right? So you start off with the P, which is praise. So you're mm -hmm. praising God for who he is. And I think this is a really good guideline on how to pray. And so that allows you to then think about like, who is God to me? You know, like, what are the characteristics that... I want to praise him for. So that's one thing. And then R is repent. So you bring up all of the things that you want to confess before the Lord. You tell him, you're just honest with him before that. And that's one of the biggest parts of prayer is just really being honest and open before him. So you repent. And then the A is ask. So that's whenever you present, you know, whatever it is that you are asking him to do or asking him to help you with. And then the why is simply yielding to him, submitting, Lord, your will be done. So I said all of these things. I asked for all of these things, God, but I'm going to trust you mm -hmm. to do your will because I know that your will is good and it's perfect for me. And whatever you do, it is going to be for my good. Okay, so that is a model of prayer. However, people will still say, but I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. And so one of the things that I recommend is listening to people's prayers, you know, just go, that can happen through church. It can happen through sermons. You can go get books on prayer. So some of my favorites are um, the Stormy, I don't know how to say her last name. I think it's Omartian or Omartian. And her titles of her books are The Power of a Praying Wife, The Power of a Praying Woman, The Power of a Praying Man. The pra she has a lot of them, and I have tons of them. And that really helps to just read people's prayers. You can even go online and just say, prayer for whatever it is you're going through. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with reading a prayer as long as you're adding your heart to it. And that's what I did for many years. And I'll still do that. Like if people say, hey, I need prayer for this. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can present it to God, but I'm like, but I want biblical mm -hmm. scriptures to back up this prayer. And I always advocate for praying the word, you know, and, and that's why we, that's what we do a lot in our Bible study. Like we will have the Bible study and we'll close it in prayer while applying what we learned and sticking it into our prayer, you know? And so I think that's probably a lot of advice <laughs> I think on prayer, but praying the word is a big one. And you know, reading other people's prayers and hearing them will help to get those into your spirit. Uh, one, I'm glad that you mentioned verses. And also you said that was a lot, but I think what what uh, you sh you're sharing with Kay is that it's multifaceted. Yeah. You know, and if you really even want to go to a deep, deep dive into Old Testament and New Testament, the spirit knows the groanings of our heart. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can pray a verse, just get a verse or get these prayers offline Kanoe gave you tons of great places to start. And I really, I would love to hear back from you and know, like, what did you end up following? That'd be great. 
I'd love to yeah. know that. Feedback and, is always good. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, what we could do is we can actually write a blog post and use the PRAY acronym, like put it there for some people. Yeah. So um, we'll have to do that. Thanks, Kay. You gave me more work. Now I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> and me. <laughs> I love it, though, because it's uh, all of it's for the kingdom. That's what this is yeah. all about. Oh, this one's a prickly pear. Uh-oh. The redhead mummy says, as the channel grows and gains so much notoriety, how do you plan to stay humble and not let celebrity go to your head? <laughs> you know what's pretty funny is there's plenty of y'all to keep me humble. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny that that question is asked because if I'm being honest, the bigger the channel gets, the less I want to be out there in the open, you know, the more I want to shrink back because in the beginning, when this first started out relatively small, it was all nothing but praise, you know, it was just, oh, this is amazing. I love it. You're awesome. All the good stuff. And that could have quickly inflated my ego. But man, did the other comments start coming in, the snarkiness and the, you know, the the negative people and the criticism and all of the stuff. And so the larger we get, the more criticism comes in with it. And, you know, even though we as Christians, we try not to let that stuff bother us, of course, but hello, I'm still humid. You know, the arrows still hurt, but thank God I have Jesus to be able to pull them out a little bit easier now. Um, so I don't know that the celebrity status will get to my head. And I think the reason why I say that is because I'm, I've already been there, done that. And I actually prefer the life of obscurity. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was on Miss America. I was the television host of a lifestyle TV show and it won an Emmy award. You know, I mean, I've already gotten all those worldly accolades. And I think at this point in my life, I am in a place of contentment and understanding what my place is in this world and what it is for. And so as long as I keep my eyes on Jesus, you know, I there there's nothing in this world that could sway me from what I'm doing and that could take me away to another place, you know, of like self-pride or success. I think that was I a wonderful answer. Question. That was a very good question. And I think it's it also helps them understand where you're coming from in your psyche, you know? And so yeah. your, your identity is not wrapped up in being a celebrity now, you know? Yes. Yeah. You will and I struggled with that, if I'm being honest. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, when you do get a little bit of notoriety, it, it can start to mm -hmm. tug at you because people notice you, people want to give you things, you know? And I did struggle with that throughout the years, the back and forth with that, but I always had really good people in my life to mm -hmm. keep me humble, namely my family and friends. And and I think that's another thing that will always be my solid foundation is my family. My husband's the fastest one to correct me, <laughs> you know, if I start getting a little ego. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's like, I know it's out of love, but it's, it ain't, it don't feel good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, that is, is a gift, right? Spirit. Um, mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit gift, exhortation. That is one yeah. that a lot of people aren't familiar with, but it's definitely a gift to be able to yeah. exhort someone. So that, another another episode for another day. This is from Alice Johnson. Hi, Kanoi. Do you speak and pray in a spiritual language? And what mm -hmm. do you think about this? 
Mm. We have spoken about this a bit, um, the, the gift of tongues, speaking in tongues. I received that gift when I was 17 years old at a Pentecostal church. And it was, you know, one of those evangelistic nights, those worship nights and pastors and worship team laid hands on me. I opened myself up to receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was immediate. And it was something that I was always skeptical of, if I'm being honest. I grew up in First Assembly of God. I grew up in Pentecostal churches where it was loud and sometimes distracting. And I was like, I don't understand this stuff. But once I embraced it and opened myself to it and welcomed it, mm -hmm. it happened in an instant. And it was that moment of you know, I went down to the ground and my tongue just loosed and the tears started flowing and I was trembling. And it doesn't always happen that way, you know, because some people think, well, it's going to be this crazy experience and I don't want to do that. You know, it's embarrassing and so I'm not going to do it. So it doesn't always have to be that way. But for me personally, that's how it started. And, um, and there probably were a few, there, I, I would say there were probably a few years in between until I actually spoke that prayer language again. Um, and it would always happen in those Holy Spirit movement environments. And the Bible talks about how you will actually will yourself to do it. You actually have to open your mouth and allow your tongue to start moving, you know, and it isn't going to always look the same for everyone. I mean, some people actually have specific words that have been crafted and that they speak often. Some people think that it is just this involuntary thing that you can't control, but you can, you know, and so it's your spirit and your, and your mouth working together. And it happens now in those times when I don't know what to pray or when I need to pray fervently about something and I don't have the words to speak and I just have to make the decision like I've got to pray in the spirit about this because I need to be in tune with him right now. And so that's that's kind of where I'm at. I never force that on people. I know it gets a little scary to talk about sometimes, but I think it's important. It's important for the church to have a healthy balance and to address it because it is a gift and you know, you can't avoid it, right? You don't mm -hmm. want to avoid the gift of the spirit. So I like that. I was also raised Pentecostal and assembly of God. So I've seen mm. it. I've lived it. I didn't have the experience like you, but I have, you know, like you, my own personal opinion about it and it is a spirit thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I should piggyback on that. Should My question is, is it your own special language with the Lord? Or is it like an axe and you're speaking other languages that people can understand? So I've never experienced that. And I, I do think that there are two different gifts. And I don't know that I have the greatest understanding of this quite yet because I was just introduced to the fact that it is different languages, you know, how it was uh, on, on Pentecost. And so I do know someone who actually went to Argentina only speaking English and received the gift to speak Spanish. And she has spoken Spanish since. And so that gift is very real. But for me personally, it is just a language between me and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. All right. That's where I lie. I lie in it's my own special language with him. And uh, yeah. like you said, I haven't spoken it since like unless I'm in very fervent prayer worship places. For me, yeah. it's a hiding place. I don't it doesn't happen in front of people. It's when it's just right. me and God or God and yeah. I. 
Uh, thank you. I, I think that one might get some responses and more discussion. <laughs> Probably. All right. Thank you, the redhead mummy. Cindy's 7376. Will your old notes from the first study via Google Documents still be available to refer back to? I'm only on day 103 of the first study and I love referring to your notes. They're helpful. <laughs> also, will you be providing access to your notes with the second journey through the Bible? Ooh, is this the part where we start to say what we're doing, Holly? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I will answer the first part of that question. Yes, 2023 notes will still be available. All of the YouTube videos still be available, freely accessible at any time. So we're not getting rid of any of that stuff. Uh, but in 2024, and this is still in development, we are moving to a membership plan to the heart vault. So if you want the keys to unlock the heart vault, which would be the keys to unlock my Bible notes, uh, the heart checks, and some other goodies that we are going to make available, some exclusive content, and even a monthly Zoom call with me as a group, not individually, uh, and some other things. We're, we're still developing it, but there will be a small nominal fee that mm -hmm. will unlock the heart vault for those who desire more than just the video or just the audio. Yes. Yes. Um, it's a, you know, a gradual transition, just like all the disciples, there comes a point where you've got to put, you know, food in front of the disciples yeah. to do the work. And so, you know, this is again, nominal fee, um, to pour more into you by just paying for the microphones that are in front of our mouths or, you know, the, all the stuff that Kanoi is doing day in and day out. Actually, I yeah. think that's a question is how much time do you put into this? Oh um, man. Yeah. So this is from Michelle SQ. How many times were you prompted to lead Bible study here, this one that you recognized and how long until you decided to obey the calling and are you going to have merch? for 2024. Ooh. All right. The promptings, I believe, started back in September 2022. So there were several months that went by where the Lord was saying, do a Bible study. People were literally saying, I need you to do a Bible study. And I've mentioned it before, but it was because I was doing makeup online. And I was, as I was doing my makeup, I was telling people what I had spoken or what the Lord had spoken to me through my devotions personally. And so that kind of led to people then showing up for the more of the Bible study than for watching me do makeup. <laughs> and so um, the promptings were very clear. Like I needed to do something. I just didn't know how. And it took me a good three months before I decided I've got to start this. And I didn't feel ready. You know, when January 1st came around, I was like, I'm going in, but I don't know what I'm doing. But that's just how God works. You know, he doesn't give us the details that Damascus holds. He just says, I need you to go there and I'm going to blind you until you get there, but I will lead you every step of the way, you know? And so uh, that, yeah, that's how long it took. And then merch, we are, that is something that is in development. Yes, we are definitely planning to eventually have merch. I know a lot of people have been asking me about my jewelry and my t-shirts. <laughs> Where do I get them? And so that did, did give me a little bit of an idea that, hey, you know, I do think people are craving even that. I mean, just to be able to wear their faith on their sleeve, literally, you know, so mm -hmm. 
we are looking to do that for sure. Oh, excellent. Well, I'm excited about that too. So yeah. um, let me know when it goes live. I'll buy everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And share. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to piggyback on that one from another person from the Facebook group. You said makeup. And I want to give her credit. Uh, Tracy over in the Facebook group said, I would love to see Kanoi do a makeup video. So. Oh, Okay, get back started. to the roots, right? I may, I should. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do a, a video on YouTube of a get ready with me makeup tutorial. <laughs> I pretty much do my makeup the same every day, so I keep it pretty simple at this point. Uh, well, hey, I'll watch that because, girl, your your eyeliner is on point. <laughs> all right, all right. So, oh, another person said prayer. Do you use a prayer journal? And if you do, which one do you use? This is from Sharon. Ah, okay. I don't use a prayer journal. I used to. Uh, I was a big journaler in general, whether it be junk journaling, journaling in a notebook. Journal I love journaling. Um, since I've been doing the Bible study, I haven't been doing as much journaling, so I don't write my prayers down. My prayer life is just constant. And it's as the Bible says, to persistently pray, you know, constantly being in prayer. It's just speaking to the Lord, and it doesn't even have to be orally. It's, you know, speaking in your spirit throughout the day, like, Lord, help me with this, or, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry that I just thought that way. And uh, I think that that is where your prayer life really starts to develop is when you just recognize the presence of God every moment. You know, it's that moment by moment, minute by minute, He's always with you. And so it's just having that constant conversation with Him. Mm -hmm. I like that. Again, just keeping it real. It's authentic. It's just a personal relationship. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I do write down like bullet point prayers mm. in like a notebook. Like I have a, I have a brain dump notebook and I will like chicken scratch prayers in there so that, you know, I don't forget to pray for people. And I do pray immediately. Like when someone mm -hmm. has a prayer request in comments, I stop and I pray right there, you know, because we can tend to say, Hey, I'm, I'll pray for you. Or they'll put the little prayer emoji, but you know, their prayers never go up, you know? So I made it a, I committed to doing that this year is if someone asked for prayer, I'm going to do it right then and there. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I actually have even got to the point where I'll send someone a voice memo or write the yeah. prayer in the comment. If if I have time, if I don't, uh, if I say pray, I will, I'll stop. Yes. Um. So stop your scroll and pray for sure. Um, yeah. Great encouragement there. It looks like it's the same kind of questions all over again, you know, um, have you thought about doing merchandise? Another one is your jewelry is beautiful. You know, so they, they're interested. Uh, and this is a good one from Brenda. Where do you see this ministry five years from now? Ooh. Oh, five years. Wow. I have to wait. Let me rewind my life five years to even think what five years looks like. <laughs> five years is a long time from now. Um, I am a visionary. I'm a dreamer. And while I don't see the whole picture. I feel like the Lord has kind of opened the window here and there to give me glimpses of what this ministry could be if I'm obedient in it. And so some of the things are already coming to fruition. You know, a podcast was part of the dream, a website, part of the dream, community, part of the dream, um, being able to make resources, part of the dream. So I am actually starting to write a book um, several people have asked me, and this has been part of the dream is, will you create a Bible of some sort? I would love to be able to do that. 
in the future. Um, having conferences, you know, being able to gather together because to me, fellowship is huge. And so I see conferences in the future, retreats, um, you know, what else? Merchandise. <laughs> so it's moving so quickly. Like it's happening a lot faster than I ever imagined, but that's the way God rolls. You know, whenever you step out in faith, he will, yeah. he will put that wind in your sail. I love it. I love everything about that. I'm excited to see where it'll be in five years and where we, well, you have a lot of work cut out for you, Holly. <laughs> I'm dragging you with me. <laughs> Website. And I'll plan. You're, you don't have to drag me. I will come willing. I'll walk Yay. that 25 miles with you. Like Paul yes. just did. I was saying, I was like, this is our 25 miles. This is us preparing our heart for the right. heart dive of all the things. I think there has to be, um, like in Romans, a little bit of suffering to produce the endurance, to produce oh, the character. Yeah. Like this is five years from now, I'm I'm about right where my feet are right here. What's the Lord oh. doing right now? Am I being obedient? Because five years from now, I want to be obedient there. Yes. And so, yeah. Sorry, y'all didn't ask what my opinion was, but you know, <laughs> I get to interview her right well, now. Well, I did. <laughs> All right, Kanoi, we're nearing the end. So we have three questions we're going to end with. One fun one and then two hard ones. You ready? Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. We'll start with the fun one. Uh, okay. More of like a merch sort of question or resources. Amber would like to know a couple of things. So I'm looking for some suggestions for Christian girl books that will help me with mm. conversation about puberty and purity with my daughters. I thought this was the easier one. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm still I know, I'm like, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Me my daughter's either. only nine. <laughs> yeah, my daughters are eight and 10. So I'm like, oh, um, I'm still early as my girls are not quite there. But I'd like to start reading to prepare myself. Oh, beautiful heart, mama, for questions. I'd love some advice for my godly woman who's raised or is raising their daughter to love the Lord and respect their body. Ooh, well, I will say that you have just helped me because this just tells me I need to get on the ball with this because I, I have not done my due diligence in finding books <laughs> about this quite yet. My daughter's only nine. Uh, so I think I might be in the same boat as you. So I'm not much help there right now, but you have definitely motivated me to get on it. Mm. Um, if you don't mind, I'll piggyback on this one. And I actually have a book right here. I'd love to share if anyone's interested. Yes. So the book is, I'm going to bleep some words, Every Teenager's Little Black Book on Blank and Dating, because um, I, Little Ears. So yes. it is a beautiful book. This is meant for you, Mama, meant for you. And it's it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Okay. Wrap your heart around it. Read it from a beautiful place of... You want to prepare your children for the world and the enemy that is stalking around, ready to steal and destroy and kill. Because he's yeah. right there. He's right there waiting. And this book would really open your eyes to the reality of what's around us. But do not give it to them till they're ready. Okay? Mm. This is, you read it, you check it out, you use it. And when they have gotten to a point where you think they're ready to receive it, it's theirs. And you just wow. 
you hand it over to them. I received this in college. and I can't tell you how I wish I'd had it when I was 15. I wish I had that as well. <laughs> and I didn't have a very healthy view of sexuality and mm -hmm. purity. You know, I, I think I knew in my heart just because I grew up in the church, but like I said, the life experiences, right, of mm -hmm. knowing what true love is and that it is not giving your body away yeah. for young women, right? And, yes. And, and they say that. They say women will give the blank for love. Mm -hmm. Men will give love for blank, right? So yes. uh, I wish I had grasped onto that. Mm -hmm. I think I could have kept myself from a lot of heartache in situations that I should not have been in. Yeah. And so um, speaking on all of that, the contents right here, I'm going to read some of the titles so this mama can have this. I really hope that it will encourage you to then, again, get the book because it is all scripture based. That's the beautiful thing about it. Uh, Here's some of the content. Define dating. Three things dating is not. Three ways Christian dating is different. Three common, three uncommon things every girl wants in a guy. Three uncommon things every guy wants in a girl. Mm. four signs that you may not be ready to date. So you take this book and you take pieces and you plant the seeds now, get the verses on their hearts. So when the really hard stuff happens, the rubber hits the road, they're not blindsided by, oh, that's what the Bible said about that. Mm -hmm. Drop the seeds of truth. This just happens to be a little help. And this is just one book. Hamber, I hope that helped. Sorry about that. I did not expect that to go there. That helped me. <laughs> Little black book. I'm getting it. <laughs> you know, I don't even think it's on Amazon. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. uh, I think okay, well, we got to find the link so we can give that to people as well. We're going to reach out to the publisher because I think yeah. it's like a private label kind of thing. We should probably do a podcast on that little black book with the author of the book. Oh, yeah. Amber, if you like that, leave us a comment, okay? <laughs> yes. Ooh. I got to move. I got to like decompress from that one because that like that got my mama heart. <laughs> oh. So that can transition to the next to the last question. Teresa said, how do you deal when you fail at something? Mm -hmm. I have a hard time dealing with that. So we can talk about failing as a parent or failing as a teenager. Failing in general. Ooh. Oh, man. I mean, that is a tough one, especially when you have the heart to please people. And I'm not, I'm not coming from a place of, I want everybody to love me, but it, it is just, I want to serve well. I want to do things with excellence. You know, I want to please God. And my evidence that I'm pleasing God sometimes comes through, did I please that person? You know, did I measure up? Did I do all the things right? And so the world will constantly make you feel like fail, right? I mean, like I said, those comments every day that I get make me feel like I'm failing in some area, but it really comes down to keeping your, your eye, you know, like on the prize, keeping your focus on heaven, having that eternal perspective. And that is what is going to get you from that place of, oh, I failed. Because remember, this life is so temporary. Like we aren't working for the accolades and the treasures of this world. We're working toward treasures in heaven. And so if you are honoring God and whatever you're doing, you're not failing. You know, you are, you are storing up those treasures, right? So uh, it really is coming down to grasping your worth in Christ, like your position under him, the fact that you are righteous, you are worthy because of what he did. But we're told that every day. 
<laughs> or we're told that throughout our Christian walk, but until you get it in your spirit, it's like, it's like, it cannot guide you. You know, I, I felt that way. Like it was that life changing moment in my life where I finally was like, Oh, okay. This is what it's about. You know? Mm -hmm. So, so that's what will keep you grounded. And it is, it's staying in the word. It's staying rooted. It's mm -hmm. that constant refreshing and washing. Oh, I love that. That is beautiful. So speaking of the constant renewing and washing, here's the very last question, because you were said, stay in the Bible. So red on my head, <laughs> red <laughs> on my head. Uh, what are some of your favorite verses? Uh, what What is your favorite verse or verses that you hold close to your heart? Oh, man. Okay. Well, I'm always the first to say that I am no scholar, so I've never been one to memorize scripture in the sense of, you know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, you know, so of course I have some of those memorized, but I think it's more important just to have those words in your heart. So not necessarily memorizing where it is, that's great, and we probably should, I shouldn't say don't do this, but you know, it's just knowing like in the moment where where the world is coming at you. And it is like you said, Holly, you know, be not conformed to the things of this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so it's like, okay, I need to re I need to change my thoughts here. And or if you're fearing you're fearing something, it's like God does not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, so it's having the word in your heart so that you can pull it out of the digest when you need it. And so those are some of the ones that I do or every single day that I approach this Bible study and that I'm doing work for the Lord. It's like everything that I do, I do it for the glory of God. You know, so it's always having those uh, those little points on the map to help you to navigate through life, right? So seek mm -hmm. first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things shall be added unto you when you feel like you're not getting somewhere in life, you know? It's like, oh, that's right. I got to seek God first and then he'll give me those things down the mm -hmm. road. So, I mean, that's just a couple of the many that I have written mm -hmm. on my heart. Um, I think it's important to have those things. And again, it's like, yes, we could, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, for God so loved the world that he gave us, you know, we could have it all memorized like mm -hmm. that, but I think more so it's getting the principle of the word mm -hmm. in your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Because you actually just mentioned one from first Timothy, one from Colossians and one from Matthew, but you don't need to know that. I think what people think is it has to be um, a rote memory. Right. Yeah. First Timothy chapter, whatever. And the Lord did not give me a, well, guess what? That's not how it's going to come to you in the moment. You're going to yeah. be like, why am I so afraid? Why am I so afraid? And then God's going to say, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. Yeah, You're going to feel that. That's the Holy Spirit inside you. And so that's mm -hmm. what she means with write it on your heart, as in write it inside you that it's just like, like she said, pull it up out of you. I love that. That's actually how I do it. And my husband would be like, where's that in the Bible? And I'm like, right, exactly. Bible app. Hold on, let me Google that real quick. <laughs> right here. And then I can always pull it up. I can always find it, but I couldn't yes. tell him if it was Old Testament, New Testament. I can yeah. I can remember if it's old or new, but I can, can't always tell you where after that. Yes. <laughs> you know, this actually brings up a thought in my mind too, though, is some of these scriptures I did actually memorize as a kid. You know, it was either memorizing it from a Bible study or Bible songs, a lot of the children's Bible songs have verses. I mean, it's biblical, right? So mm -hmm. it was in learning those 
biblical songs that helped me to memorize the word so that later in life when I actually understood it, then I was like, oh, it all came back. You know, like, mm -hmm. what is that one song? Um, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So that's how I memorized some of the scripture. But it wasn't until later that I was like, oh, seek ye first. It wasn't seek ye first. Like, it's seek ye first. Oh, okay, God, that means I need to seek you. <laughs> you know, so um, there is importance in instilling that at a young age if you can so that's for you mamas you know like play those bible songs in the car even whenever you think they're not listening to them mm -hmm. it will get into their spirit yeah speaking of the mama thing and like songs uh songs really just help you you know really yeah ingrain it but scripture lullabies if anyone's listening scripture lullabies is a most amazing tool that you can use uh for your children uh my specifically me I have labored four times and I oh. listen to it every time, like labored, like on my feet, labored for hours. And I had scripture lullabies and I can still vividly remember, be still, be still. Like just, I can remember what I was doing in that moment and being still before the Lord and feeling him in that moment. That yeah. And so like, be still before the Lord, like. I constantly like immediately can go back to a moment where I was, yeah, and that's just one, but it's really good for children. If you have like a really like high hectic day, anyways, I'm just saying that was, that's yeah. a tangent of scriptures that you could write on your heart by having it reiterated throughout the day in a beautiful, calm, peaceful way. Um, right. And so. any worship music in that case, I mean, you, yeah. most worship songs are written from the Bible, you know, so <laughs> If you, yeah. if you start to listen to worship music, then, mm -hmm. oh, okay, that when you read it in the Bible, you're like, oh, that's where they got that lyric yeah. from. It wasn't written by them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much. So I'm going to piggyback on that. Do you have a life verse? Is there one that you hold dear? It's always one that you can go to. Yeah. And, and I think I've told you this, Holly, this little story is... And again, I don't remember exactly where it is. I think it's Philippians, maybe 314 or somewhere around there. But it's one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize that God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And that verse I actually read from a one-year Bible reading plan that I used to follow for many years. And it was the verse that came out of September 13th. That was the day. And that was the day that I ran for Miss Hawaii and won the crown. And I actually did my devotions that morning and I posted that. I put it on a post-it note and I stuck it on my mirror <laughs> in my dressing room. And I actually kind of did a little ministry with some of the girls because we used to do like a little prayer circle. And I I told them, this is what we're doing today, you guys. Like this, it's not about the the crown that we get. You know, this is a different kind of crown that we are going to receive here today. And whether or not we win the mm -hmm. actual crown, we're all being crowned with a new platform. We have an opportunity now to shine our light, you know, for Christ. And so that has stuck with me because, again, of my past, you know, and it is something that is so hard for a lot of us is to let go of your past and to let go of your failures. But it's really just understanding that that grace truly does cover it. And you are robed with robes of righteousness. And all of those things have been cast into the sea of forgetfulness. You know, So that is one that I just hold so dear to my heart because when the enemy tries to come creeping in and says, 
oh, but don't forget about this little thing that you did. I'm going to tell everybody about it. Mm -hmm. I hear that voice all the time, but I just have to trust that, you know, I press on. I look at the goal that God is calling me to. Oh, thank you. And with that, dear Kanoi, our fearless Bible study facilitator, leader, mentor, <laughs> coach. Bible study friend. <laughs> hey, I love it. There you go. My Bible study friend, our Bible study friend. Aww. Would you close the very first Heart Dive podcast with Philippians 3.14 and what is it? Praise, repent, ask, and yield. Yeah. All right. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for who you are, for your goodness and for your greatness, for everything that you are doing. We thank you, Lord, for being our father, our friend, our healer, our provider. You are the banner that is over us, Lord. And we just praise you for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done to make our life possible. We thank you for the grace and the love that you continually pour out into our lives. Thank you for the forgiveness, Lord, that allows us to be free. We are no longer in chains. We are no longer held in bondage. And so we're so grateful for that, that we can walk with our head held high. We can walk with a new life. And so we do that today, Lord. We just ask you to please forgive us for anything that we may have done wrong, Lord. We want to walk away from our past. We want to walk away from old behaviors. We want to walk away from addictions. We want to walk away from relationships that are inappropriate. We want to walk away from situations we shouldn't be in. And we want to look and turn toward you. And so we repent of our old ways, God, and we just ask that Holy Spirit as you envelop us, that you will guide us and lead us on the straight and narrow toward you every moment of the day. May we never turn to the left or the right, but stay focused and forward facing. And Lord, we just ask right now for every single person who is here listening to this podcast, you know their heart, you know the requests that are in their spirit, you know the things that they need, you know what their uh, spirits are groaning for. And so I just also lay those at the throne and at your feet, knowing and trusting that you hear every single word that you hear every single groan you hear every single request and so lord i just pray that you will let every single person know that you hear their prayers that it is not falling on deaf ears and i pray that you will let them know you're with them that your presence is all around them and most of all god even with all of the things that we ask for we are trusting fully that you are sovereign you are in control you will work it out for good because we love you and are called according to your purpose and so we say at the end of this lord your good and perfect will be done and we will follow you and listen for your voice all the days of our lives i love you lord i thank you for this ministry thank you for holly lord and every uh, ounce of energy she has put into this i thank you for every minute she has poured her heart into this. And I just pray that you will continue to guide us, Lord, and everything that you are wanting to do with this. We know that you are at the center of it, and may we always keep you there. We love you so much, and just thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Kanoi. And that is the conclusion of our very first Heart Dive podcast. If you want to follow Yay. for more, jump on to the website at heartdive.org. Heart, H-E-A-R-T, dive, D-I-V-E dot org. And it's the same handle on all the platforms at Heart Dive on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube. 
Join us in Bible study in 2024 for Heart Dive 365.